Welcome to another great episode of Sports Matters. I am Kevin Drake, your host, and Matt Bird as well. You'll hear from him shortly on this special episode. But first off, ladies and gentlemen, if you're driving right now, please be careful. We got these fires in full effect. Uh, it's very, very uh, low visibility out there. A lot of roads are closed. So even if you're going to take your alternate route, you might want to allow yourself just a little bit more time to get to your destination, like myself. Better to be late than not to get there at all. We're here on a special edition. This edition is going to be Soccer is on the Rise in the U.S. But first off, i got a couple headlines we need to get over here. The Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. What a tough matchup that was for the L.A. Rams. Hard fought. Defense played very well. Just those late turnovers in the fourth quarter cost the Rams a football game. And it just shows you how hard it is to win in the NFL. But don't be down on the Rams. I know it's tough. Both their losses have come at home, have come off of turnovers late in the game. Still a little bit of growing pains, but I assure you, Coach McVay will work with this offense. They still got to iron out some kinks, if you will. They'll right the ship. They're still in a really good position to take a hold of this division. They will get to play Seattle again. Of course, they'll have to be up in Seattle, but I am highly confident that they can split the series with those Seattle Seahawks. On the other flip side, we got Major League Baseball. Los Angeles Dodgers swept their NLCS, and most likely they could match up with the uh, defending champs, the Chicago Cubs. And Houston's just awaiting one of the best series so far, Cleveland and the New York Yankees. New York Yankees are that rising powerhouse, where the Cleveland Indians are the powerhouse right now in the American League. So that's going to be a great game. That'll be tomorrow. So right now, what I want to do, our special edition with Soccer Rising, there's two leagues now. There's obviously the MLS a multi-billion dollar league. And then there's the USL, which is quickly rising in the U.S. And I caught up with one of the hottest teams right now, in a sense, it's their second year. One of the newest teams as well is FC Cincinnati. And I have a very special guest, Andrew Wiedemann, one of the stars for FC Cincinnati. I believe he's still on the injury list. However, he made time to talk to Matt and I. So I'm going to go right to that interview. And this is a great, compelling interview. And one of the major goals for us this year for Matt and I is that we're going to have a lot of compelling interviews with the UCI student athletes, pro athletes all in the local area, and of course, soccer, because soccer is on the rise to World Cups around the corner. That's always for great fun. So without further ado, let's get this interview going. Sports Matters, I'm Kevin Drake, along with Matt Bird, and we have a special guest in from Cincinnati as a professional soccer player for FC Cincinnati, which is the second year USL professional team. Andrew Wiedemann. Andrew, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And then this is my partner, Matt Burt. Matt, this is Andrew. Yeah, San Ramon, California. You know, that's where I'm from, so from in hometown. I like it. You're from San Ramon? Yeah. Nice, man. Love that. You went to Cal High, right? Yes, sir, yeah. Oh, well, I didn't go to high school there, but my uh, cousin went to San Ramon Valley. Okay, I won't hold it against him or her. <laughs> we want to know how'd you end up in Cincinnati? You know, there's there's not that many places you can uh, you can go and play soccer professionally. So you just kind of uh, you know, you go you go wherever you're wanted. So I mean, I had been playing. This is my eighth year professionally now. Okay, uh, this is your eighth season. My eighth season, yes, uh, and fourth club. Been in a, a fair amount of different cities across uh, North America. Uh, played in Dallas, uh, 
Toronto, Ottawa, and now Cincinnati. Um, so they showed interest. Uh, we were able to come to terms on a contract, and that's how I got here. That's awesome. You know, I'm from Cincinnati. Okay, and, uh, nice. I, I was just back there in June. I actually saw y'all play in June. Actually, you won both times, and just recently as well. But you were playing St. Louis in June, and I think soccer is getting really popular. When I was at the game, I tell you what, it was so much excitement. I mean, the way your team, I mean, being a second-year team, the way you guys move the ball around, how you control the ball, how you get so many shots on goal, it's, it's pretty impressive. Cincinnati has just really taken to the soccer team um, and, and really, really embraced us. And I mean, a lot of that is on the people in the front office doing their homework and really promoting the hell out of the team and and, uh, and making sure that it would be a hit here. But, you know, you don't have any of that without the fans and the community really embracing uh, the club, which they've done in spades. Uh, so I think everyone that's a part of this organization is absolutely blown away by the support here. And it really uh, just does show how far soccer has come uh, in in the U.S. and how much potential it can have. I mean, we're a second division team that you know averaged over twenty thousand uh, fans a game uh, throughout the season. That's that's something pretty special. Absolutely, it shows how, how big of a pull soccer can have. Oh, you've broken attendance records this year, only being the second year. I just was so excited just to be at the game. To, and I mean, just the feel, the energy. You could bring kids, and you know, in Cincinnati, growing up, I mean, there was the two major sports you played was baseball or soccer. Obviously, obviously, I was a baseball guy, but I have a lot of family. I have nieces that, are, that play for Cincinnati Football Club, Cincinnati East, and they're 12, and it's just, I've gone to a few of their games, and it's just, soccer's really popular in that city, so it's so good that Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati's doing well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge soccer hotbed. I mean, there's a obviously a ton of youth soccer participation here. The club has really done a great job of tapping into that. Speaking to the, the environment at the games, I think they've, they've done a good job of finding that balance as well. You know, it is a place where you can, you know, have the families come, and you can bring your kids and, and, and make an event out of it. The kids can come up and get autographs after and, and uh, you know, try and, you know, be inspired by the people on the field. But then you also have, you know, the, the Bailey, which is like this overhang where a lot of the supporters uh, sit. And it, that's more of like the raucous, like traditional soccer environment where people are there, uh, you know, like drinking beers and doing chants and banging on the drums, setting off smoke bombs. And you get more of that like authentic, uh, almost like European experience. So they've done a really good job of, of making, uh, you know, making all different uh, people feel welcome at these games. Cincinnati is a very friendly town. You know, I, I could say that being from there. But I know you spent some time in the MLS as well. You played for Toronto for, I believe, three seasons. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Played for Toronto for uh, for about two and a half, and then Dallas for two and a half. Okay, so you spent five seasons in the MLS. Five total, yes. What are kind of the differences between MLS and the USL, you know, playing in each of those leagues that you find? I mean, the, the consistency obviously is, is better in, in MLS in terms of, like, support and all that. Like, we're just talking strictly from the fan perspective. Um, but, you know, Cincinnati, we've, you know, shown that we are, you know, we, we fit into that category. I mean, we, I think, if you look at numbers uh, over the course of the season, we would have been, like, seventh or eighth in average MLS attendance. Uh with the numbers we put up um, and then just the environment itself it's not like there's 20,000 people there there's 20,000 very very informed fans that, that get it and understand that the role that they play in creating a home field advantage you know they're loud from the first minute to the 95th minute um, so I, I, I would say you get more of that consistent support in, in Major League Soccer whereas in USL you'll have you know Cincinnati where we get 
ridiculous fans. You have Sacramento where they get really good fans. Uh, but then you also have other clubs where you're going and you're playing in uh, maybe not the best uh, stadium and there's, you know, a thousand supporters at a game. Uh, so there's a lot of discrepancy in terms of support amongst the USO. So the one thing that comes uh, to mind when I think about uh, FC Cincinnati is when you guys played the Chicago Fire and uh, Schweinsteiger's face after the game. That, that's the first thing that came to mind. Um, but the other thing that I did notice was Mitch Hillenbrand. Uh, he kind of stood on top of his head that game. What, what kind of does he mean to this team? Yeah, he uh, he definitely stood on his head uh, multiple times that game. Some of the saves this guy made were were unbelievable. Uh, I don't think he could put a foot wrong that day. Um, but he's, I mean, he's been a huge part of our team. He's very integral. You know, you, it, when you have a, a goalkeeper of that caliber, it just feeds confidence to the rest of. Uh, to the rest of your team, you know, you, you you can play a little more freely because you're not worried about making mistakes because you know that you know he's good to to save you a, a sure goal, you know, once or twice a game. So it kind of gives you that freedom and confidence to to play a little more loose and, and take more risks. Could you see a merger between the two leagues at all? Do I see a merger? Could you see one? No, uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think promotion relegation will ever be a thing uh, in MLS uh, and, and if it were it would be a very 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 long time down the road there's just far too much money at stake that there's no way these owners are ever going to say yeah we'd be willing to drop down a league and uh, lose on lose out on tens of millions of dollars in TV <laughs> revenue and, yeah. and the like I just don't fiscally I don't see it making sense well they already rejected the four billion dollar offer so they have yeah, they true. Have themselves in high regards but you know what's really unique though is there's still two professional leagues you think about now Andrew I know you're from out here you might have been really little but when that World Cup happened here in 1994 that really spawned uh, the MLS it really you know got the fever in the US in a sense yeah. on the professional level and it's really grown since then now we got two professional leagues so there's, there's a lot more for a soccer player but I'm going to take back a little bit because I know you have quite a resume I mean playing on the USA national teams uh, U18 U20 uh, high school you were a 2000 2007 MVP, um, and then the same year you go to college and win an NCAA title. I mean, what was that run like? <laughs> Playing, you know. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I mean, my my freshman year we won the uh, we won the the Pac Pac 12. Or I don't even think it was the Pac 12 at that time. It was the uh, the Pac 10 or for soccer the Pac 5 plus San Diego State. Uh, but yeah, we, we ended up we, we won that uh, my freshman year, and I think we went to the uh, I don't know, maybe like round of sixteen and then C double. Nice. And then, what was it like playing? You know, for the USA national team. I mean, that's that's got to be uh, a, like an awesome experience. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, soccer has afforded me so many incredible opportunities. Um, you know, like you, you mentioned, like U.S. youth national teams. Like I, you know, was able to be traveling over to Germany and, and, and Japan and Portugal when I was, you know, 15 years old. Um, like being able to go experience so many other cultures and environments, things that I never ever would have had the opportunity to do otherwise. So obviously, it's incredible from a soccer standpoint. You know, I get to do something I love for for a living, and, and someone's you know paying my bills uh doing that but just you know just like the, the the life opportunities as well you know getting to experience so many other things that i i wouldn't have had that opportunity otherwise 
Absolutely. And it's also, you capture, you know, a lot of energy and enthusiasm in the city of Cincinnati that they so have been thriving for. Obviously, you know, they have the Cincinnati Reds and the Cincinnati Bengals that have been there for a while. Their, their mainstays mostly is a baseball town, but my goodness, soccer has just really taken over. And it's awesome to see. Yeah, it has. I mean, it's, it's such an experience. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I played in two, uh, two major league soccer cities and I would say that the support here uh, you know it definitely uh, rivals Toronto uh, but I mean it far exceeds anything that I ever experienced in Dallas um, you know the, the the fans are just very very invested in it and uh, and it's it's cool you know because I've, I've also played places where there is no accountability you know you could lose a couple games in a row and no one bats an eye you know here it's like if you have a bad performance or the team's not putting together results you hear it and you know that's the way it should be you know we we should be accountable to these fans who are so and put so much you know of not only their their time and their energy but you know their hard-earned dollars as well you know they put it into the club to come support us um so it is cool that we're in a place where uh you know there is that i don't know i guess notoriety in a sense and, and the fans really know what's going on it, it makes it feel like a very professional city oh absolutely and you think about it us fans we see it we see all the hard work and dedication you put into the sport because we see the product on the field and we see how hard you're playing and and the construction of this team too i notice there's like at least half of the players it seems like are from cincinnati i know you got some players internationally like uh, a jibby i know he's one of the one of the stars on the team and you know how was that playing with some of the international players here in cincinnati uh i mean it's it's, it's cool we got people from all walks of life uh, you know we've guys from uh from england from spain from uh from uh, Senegal, like people from all over, um, and guys that have played at super high levels as well. Um, so it's, it's it's cool, you know. That's something that soccer does. I feel like you get so many multicultural backgrounds, and that's part of the puzzle as well. Is how do you fit all these people from different walks of life onto a roster to to get the most out of the team? Um, so it, it is very cool to see how that all goes down. So what do you think has been the biggest factor for this rise in soccer? Um, in my opinion, it's been FIFA, the video game, but that's just me. What, what is your kind of thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, I mean, FIFA probably plays a little bit of a role, to be honest. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many friends I've had that are clueless to soccer but love FIFA and then kind of get a love for the sport through that. Um, I think you guys actually alluded to it a little bit earlier. You know, like the, the, the World Cups play a big role. You know, every time we've had a World Cup, uh, you see a rise in, in soccer support uh, directly after. Um, and so that, you know, carries over. You know, the last World Cup when the U.S. was able to grind out against, a, you know, a really good result against Portugal like that sort of stuff gives, lends uh, itself to endearing people to soccer. Uh, it kind of adds some excitement to it. Um, and, and you know there's there's a lot that goes into it but I, I just think that eventually you know 20 30 years down the road soccer is going to keep climbing it's, it's, it is going to be one of the top sports in in uh in the u.s and north america so what is your kind of expectations for what um bruce arena is going to do in the second time around uh, I, uh, I, I like what, I like uh, his chances. I think we'll qualify for the World Cup and hopefully be able to put together a good show in there. U.S., you know, we're all about that. The thing is, soccer has always been the world sport. But like you said, I, I agree with you. I mean, soccer is on the rise, and it's going to be one of the top sports in the U.S. Uh, you know, baseball was a national pastime. Of course, in Cincinnati, it's always going to be rooted baseball because the Reds, you know, they were formed in the, in the middle 1800s. They're the first, you know, team organized as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. 
veterans, but soccer, wow, has really stepped up, and it's just pretty amazing. And by the way, congratulations on the Queen City Cup win. That's really huge because all the Cincinnati's have been talking about that. It's not like a pretty tough game. I didn't get a chance to see that game. How was that? Yeah, it, it was. I, I actually uh, didn't make the trip for that one. I was nursing. Uh, and an injury uh, said one I was just getting uh, needle stuck in my groin for. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, uh, we feel but for no, you, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I mean, it was. It was a very much needed win. Uh, definitely was not the prettiest. Uh, I would say from uh, you know, obviously, I was watching the, uh, the the TV feed like everybody else though, so I wasn't privy to you know being able to see everything that's going on actually there in person. Uh, so my scope was a bit limited. But yeah, probably I, I think if you talk to the guys on the team, everyone would say it's not our, uh, our not our prettiest win. Uh, uh, but at the same time, if you went pretty or you went ugly, they all count for three points. And that was against one of the top teams in our conference. And we were on the road. Uh, and it gave us a little bit of some breathing room in terms of our standing in the playoffs um, and solidifying our, our spot there. So uh, it was it was massive um, to get those three points. Well, in fact, you actually jumped up a spot. Because the last I saw, FC Cincinnati was a seventh seed. Now up to a sixth seed. They haven't lost a game in over a month, which is a good thing. So it seems like you really got a nice camaraderie, really like a good run you got going on right now yeah i think uh you know i think it's six six had it lost in six um Knock on you know, now we have two more we two more games we go up to ottawa this weekend and then we go to toronto the weekend after and that's you know two more games to try and get some results build some confidence uh and then carry that on over uh into the playoffs well i know, I know you're probably just eyeing licking your chops for that toronto game huh you still need- uh, yeah, I mean, uh, not, not necessarily. I mean, it, it's a different – they didn't have this uh, – it's Toronto 2, I guess, so it's not their MLS club. Oh, so okay. okay. Uh, so I didn't ever play with them technically. Um, but it'll obviously be nice to get back to a familiar city. Uh, and, and, you know, there will be some guys that will be playing on that team that uh, I know from, uh, you know, from the MLS club, uh, you know, a few years back. So it'll be cool to be able to get up there. Toronto's a hell of a city and be able to, to see some, some familiar faces and then more importantly, take care of business and bring back three points and some momentum heading into the playoffs. Indeed. You know, I mean, Cincinnati, they've been thriving for a winner. And that's a part of the reason, too. It's just perfect timing just to start a new soccer team. But it also shows you the passion that people in Ohio have for soccer. I mean, you would think, oh, you know, it's all about football and all about baseball. But really, soccer has always been the foundation of Ohio. It's always been that way when I was growing up, like I said before. Yeah, I mean, you you would know better, but I'm definitely seeing that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's what's going on here. It doesn't, doesn't happen uh, everywhere. So, I mean, I think it definitely solidifies the fact that Cincinnati is a soccer, is a soccer town. So, who is the most athletic you've played with or against? The most athletic player I've played with or against, uh, and I can't I can't say myself because <laughs> let me tell you, excluding guys, yourself, speed for days. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, most athletic person, I guess uh, maybe a familiar name uh, that people might know amongst like MLS circles would be uh, Breck Shea. Uh, mm-hmm. Plays in Vancouver these days. He's featured for the U.S. national team quite a bit. Uh, we played together in uh, in Dallas. Um, and he is a freak athlete, um, about as freakish as they come, I would say. So who's the fastest on the team? Is it you? The fastest on the team here in Cincinnati? Yeah, here in Cincinnati. Uh, no, it's definitely not me. I was, I was, I was joking. I got no pace, man. Um, 
guy, geez, who's the fastest on the team here? Uh, Jimmy McLaughlin's pretty fast. Yeah. Matt Boehner's pretty fast. Kadeem Dakers. We got a few guys with some speed. It's more so, yeah, with their team. They're just, they have just really good ball control. Like I said, it's just the excitement of the game and how many opportunities, you know, shots on goal that y'all get. You know, eventually something's going to go down. Obviously, all the teams are competing against one another and goalies are not going to allow you to score goals on them. So you have to get a lot of shots on goal in order to get, translate into points. I guess the time of possession. Or- yeah, no, I think we're, we're definitely a, 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 a team that, you know, kind of prides ourselves on uh, on possession and maintaining the ball and, and trying to, you know, kind of play the right way. Um and I mean, I think it reflects in the players that we have. Uh, you know, we don't. There, there's a lot of teams that do. You know, kind of go back to the question you just asked me about who's the fastest. Like, there's a lot of teams that just stack their team, their uh, rosters with, you know, very athletic guys who maybe don't have the technique or the ball control. Um, and so I think our roster kind of reflects the way we want to play, and that the the coaches and the staff went out and got a lot of guys who, um, you know, maybe maybe aren't like the most athletic, but they're you know good on the ball and can control the ball in tight spaces and are good at linking up and keeping possession. Um, and I, I think that's stuff that ultimately fans want to see, you know, because that's an exciting uh, brand of soccer, an attractive brand. Absolutely. We just love when there's uh, that assault is on and you're just constantly getting shots on goal and, and, and being able to get the ball back and, and get more shots on goal. Fans love that. They feed off that energy and it just gets contagious. And then I'm yeah, sure absolutely. your players, you know, feed off that as well when the fans are just really into it. it gives you that yeah, it goes both ways, man. And that, that goes back to talking about, you know, just how our fans are educated. You'll go to a lot of places and, yeah, there might be a lot of butts in the seats, but, you know, they don't they don't necessarily understand the dynamic of soccer. Uh, I think our fans kind of get it in that, you know, they they'll, they can will us. You know, they understand that they play a huge role as well. It's not like we do something well and then they applaud us. There's times where they understand, like, oh, hey, you know, maybe the team looks a little sluggish. Like, we've got to get some extra energy. And they up their efforts, and then it translates on the field and gives us that a little extra boost that we need to, you know, push forward to, to get a goal or to close out a game. Um, you know, there was a there was a – game one game that stood out for me last year I think it was uh, at home and we lost three to two I think but we were down and we scored two goals late and uh, a lot of other North American soccer communities would have you know booed the team uh, or just not cheered at all and after the game our fans were up and cheering and loud because they recognized the effort and that there was momentum there to build oh, off so of. great uh, to and, they, and they were applauding that you know and it was just kind of really stood out to me that like hey you know these people actually get it yeah and, that, and that's just great to hear Just that's just my hometown I take a lot of pride being from Cincinnati even though I love living out here in California as you know you're from here <laughs> yeah you know what though man I love Cincinnati as well uh, I full disclosure didn't know too much uh, about Cincinnati before moving out here but I've, I've absolutely loved it man uh, I've really enjoyed my time here yeah there's a lot of great restaurants too I'm sure you probably dabbled down there Jeff Ruby's there downtown there's uh... I, I, ha- I have I have uh, I gotta say though man I'm not as uh, as, as into Scott Skyline is, is you might uh, want somebody to be since you're from here. You a big Skyline fan? Uh, you know, Skyline, Gold Star. I, but the last few times I've been there, I haven't really dabbled in with that. You just kind of get over it. Chili's chili. But, yes, I mean, the city's spawn. You know, they're, they're all about chili. But uh, Grater's ice cream, that's another Grater's story. I can, Grater's I can get behind, man. I'll put my stamp of approval on that one. That stuff is delicious. You know, my brother lives in Marymount, you know, and his, like I said, his girls play soccer. And I think they met some of the, uh, the players.
players. I don't know if they met you in particular. I know they met Mitch because they're always okay. there. Mitch says no. Mitch, they're educating <laughs> me on the game. Like, you go, now when he makes the save, you say Mitch says no. And I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. I'm along for the like, ride. I can't. No, they, they just truly, truly enjoy the, going to games. Now, he's been to so many games. He lives in Marymount, and just right down the street is the original graders. And actually, oh, that's the original one over there. Yeah, and Marymount. And actually, the owner, she lives in Marymount as well, and, and she still works there. She'll she'll hustle. She'll upsell you, and really? <laughs> which is pretty I'm easy actually, to do. I, I, I've driven by that one quite a bit. There's yeah. one in Hyde Park, so it's a lot closer to me, though, so that's my right. go-to. But I might have to check this out then just to, yeah. just to, meet, just to meet her. Yeah, just to you know, change it up a bit. And there's another like gentleman that's there every morning. They call him the happiest man in Marymount. Just a super nice guy. He comes in. He's retired. Helps helps her make coffee and stuff like that. It's just that's what I love about, especially that community. But that's just what I love about Cincinnati. That's also the type of feel you it's get. Got the Midwest games. charm, man. They're Honestly. extremely nice. I got one little fun question for you. What is your favorite <laughs> food to, to kind of recharge after a nice practice? My favorite food to recharge after a practice. Uh, I actually get a ton of crap from my from uh, all my teammates and friends because I uh, I'm a big kale aficionado in true California fashion. Yeah, there you go. Sticking to your roots. Got to respect Ab- that. Absolutely, man. My body's a temple. You got to put good in to get good out, right? You know what? You're right. You're so right. You got to burn that clean fuel. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for your time, and we wish you luck on the, in the playoffs. And trust me, I'm a fan too. I'm a fan of FC Cincinnati. I'm going to be rooting for you. And uh, my brother keeps me in a loop too. So if anything I miss, my brother fills me in. Perfect. Love to, love, to, love to see the FC Cincinnati fandom reaching out to California. Not and, just my mom and dad, but uh, other people as well. So appreciate that. Yeah, we got the Golden State and the Cincinnati connection right here. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, thank you, Andrew. You know, down the road, maybe we'll talk again. Sounds great, guys. I really appreciate y'all having me on. Thank you, Andrew. Well, that was Andrew Wiedemann from FC Cincinnati. Once again, I thank you, Mr. Wiedemann. Go FC Cincinnati. They got a big game coming up on Saturday at Toronto to conclude the season. They're still in the playoff hunt, so I'm highly confident they're going to get that W. I do have one correction. Actually, the original graders was on Ludlow. That just shows you, I haven't been in Cincinnati in a while. The second graders was open in Marymount. So, Andrew, my apologies on that. The original graders opened in late 1800s on Ludlow Avenue in Clifton. Still worth the drive to go down to Marymount and see the owner. She's a sweet lady. Well, this concludes another episode, a special episode of Sports Matters. And we love all of our fans. And if there's anything you want us to talk about, just blog with us. But you can find us on SoundCloud with Sports Matter Radio's host. Uh, once again, my name is Kevin Drake with Sports Matters. And you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.